Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. Tonight's episode is how to overcome adultery in marriage. Okay, so we're building off of last week. Last week's episode was can marriage survive adultery and should it? This week's episode is now how to overcome adultery in marriage. But before we get to that, Kristen, why don't you pray for everybody, please? Well, thank you, Lord. Speaking of overcoming, that you have overcome and we have overcome in you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, God. All the obstacles, anything that anyone who's listening right now is facing, God, you have already overcome. I feel like that's a word for someone today. So God, help us to be in that spirit of victory and to know that you will come through and that you already have in the spirit realm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. So if you didn't see last week's episode, I certainly commend it to you. I should tell you, it's by far and away our most popular and most watched episode so far on YouTube, which I think really tells you something about the state of our culture. Um, So again, last week we did this video on um, can marriage survive adultery? And the answer is it can uh, and should it. And the answer is I think it should under the right circumstances. But one of the comments we got was, okay, well, that's all well and good, but you didn't discuss how to actually overcome the adultery. And I said, you know what? You're right. We're going to discuss that this time. So Let me just state at the outset that what we're about to tell you is not a guarantee that your marriage is going to overcome adultery, okay? Because honestly, I don't think there's a biblical mandate to maintain a marriage in the face of adultery. Mm, I think (laughs) it it is just like an atomic bomb going off in a marriage. So and we certainly don't want anybody to remain in an abusive marriage or anything like that. What we're simply saying is, It can happen under the right circumstances, and if it's going to happen, what we're about to tell you are the conditions precedent for it happening. That's a really good lawyer uh, way to say it. Uh, You know, I I just want to be real here, which that's what we should always be, and just say, you know, that old thing, life isn't fair sometimes. It's not fair. You know, they say, teenagers always say, it's not fair. When I think of the person who is having to do the forgiving I'm just going to tell you right now, it's like, it's not fair. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, like if you were to ask me, why should the person forgive? I mean, this is not fair. And there's a lot of things that are like that in life. So that is my initial gut reaction of, no, I don't, I wouldn't feel like forgiving. I would want to run. Uh, but I do know a lot of people very closely who have actually had the opportunity to overcome it and been successful in forgiving, and which is very admirable. And there's a lot of different reasons, right? If there's kids involved, if they're thinking of the future. and um, But I, I'm just going to tell you, it's to, to me, it's like one of those things. I just want to say no. <laughs> yeah. And there are people who are going to say, well, that's not very Christian of you. And it's usually the people who are guilty of something who are the ones who say, well, it's not very Christian of you. It's like, well, we can be real here too. So You brought up the topic of forgiveness. One of the conditions precedent obviously is going to be forgiveness, but one of the conditions is that the person who has committed the adultery also has to forgive himself. And that sounds like a very weird thing to say. And I I want to be very careful with this. We talk about in, in, in theology, and I don't want to get theological here, but there's a difference between 
condemnation and conviction, that God will convict you if you've done something wrong, but he doesn't condemn you. And that's some, sometimes it sounds like a, a distinction without difference. Let me just say this. I'll, I'll put it in plain terms for you. If you commit adultery and you feel really bad about it, okay, that is a good thing up to the point that it brings you to bona fide, genuine repentance. After that, once you've arrived at the point of repentance and you really mean it. And when we say repentance, we mean, you know, repenting to God, to your spouse, deciding to turn. Repent means to turn, not to continue in your sin. Right. So when you've reached the point of genuine repentance, to hold on to that feeling of guilt beyond that is actually counterproductive. And I know that we kind of want to punish ourselves because we feel like, well, if we punish, the more we punish ourselves, the more we kind of, not even at the score, but we we clean, we we have paid for our sins that way, right? Self-flagellation does not work in this context. What it actually does is it works to inhibit reconciliation. And that's true of reconciliation with your spouse and reconciliation with God too, which is why the enemy loves to use guilt. And that's a great thing that can be in any context. That We do that to ourselves when we've done something wrong, not just adultery, you know what I mean? So that's such a great thing. And for the person forgiving, I kind of had this this thought come to me. Um, You know, you've got to, of course, know that God is the one you can trust. He's not a man that he should lie. And you've got to not uh, – <laughs> Or a woman that you should like. Well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just noticing as we're doing this, like I'm playing the role of the person who's committed adultery. You're playing the role of the person who has <laughs> d- has to do the forgiveness. And now you're saying, well, God is not a man that you should like. Well, that's the verse. Adult, I understand. But there is a – we understand that both sexes okay, have listen, been guilty of this. The, not you and I. But When the verses go the other way, when they say things about women submit to well, your husband, you know. This is 2024. <laughs> Maybe we should use gender-neutral terms. All right, go on. <laughs> but – you know, you got to really know that you can trust God. That is for sure. And you can't bury it. Uh, you have to cry out to God and say what I was just saying. Like, if I feel that way and it hasn't been done to me and I just, that's my gut reaction, then you, if it has been done to you, really have to feel like it's more than okay to cry and to just have a lot. And then also don't isolate yourself. Have people you can trust, the right people, not people who are going to suck you down into this hole of despair, but people who will lift you up and be those people in in healthy marriages or people who are have gone a journey before you. No, you know, people who that will be that for you. Um, but I, one other thing I want to say is that the trusting part when it comes kind of like what you said about the guilt is counterproductive at, at a certain point. It it would make sense to never trust the person again or um or any person, even if even down the road, let's say that marriage is not uh working out. It's, it's someone else you have to trust. I think of it like this. If you have just had a surgery in a hospital, and I'm not in the medical profession, but to the best of my knowledge, in most surgeries or some surgeries, you have the healing part where you're just laying there, right? And then at a certain point, they go, okay, now get up and walk and or move around. And you're like, ow, that's going to hurt. That's not going to be comfortable. But they want you to get back, to, and that becomes part of your healing process. I know it's a weird analogy, but I feel like it's the same thing with trust. You've got to heal and put those safeguards up and all of those things. Um, and I say this to be I, delicately when I say then trust again. I don't mean just throw yourself into a relationship with somebody who's going to be uh, hurt you all over again. You know, be wise about it and God and and be wise with your spouse and all of that. But you've got to get a point where you trust again because I've seen so many people who just 
can never trust again. Well, maybe they can't. I mean, you say they have to get to this point. They, I think if you want to save your marriage, you have to try to get to that point. But understanding that maybe you won't. I mean, I'm just going to be real about it. Yeah. You know, we, you and I watched that that dreadfully dumb Anne Hathaway movie the other day, uh, The Intern with Robert De Niro. And and for those of you who haven't seen it, you didn't, you're not missing anything. But part of the plot is that she's very successful and she's married to this sort of this beta male unkempt type who, who – <laughs> Unkempt. Who cheats on her. And when she finds out about it, she's just really kind of bummed out. Like, it's not like devastating to her. Oh, well, he got a bad report card. (laughs) Well, not just that, but she kind of treats it like, well, he's just going through a phase. Like, this is just a normal thing that men do as part of their marriage. And then when he finally, like, admits, because he's been caught, he admits to it. The whole scene is like two and a half minutes long and he cries and she cries and that's it. It's like, guys, listen, that is not how this Mm. works. Mm -hmm. If you guys are going to fix your marriage... This is going to take time. It's going to take way more time, I would suggest, than it even took you to get to that original point in your marriage that you lost, okay? Part of this, part of what this is going to be, Chris, and you talked about trust, the woman or the person who has been cheated on has to learn not just to trust that person again, okay, but also to trust herself again, to trust her judgment. Because what you see is when women in particular have been betrayed, I think their insecurities come out more than, than with men. And you see so many women who blame themselves, whether they're victims of domestic violence or victims of adultery, which is a, a first cousin of that. You know, I told you about uh, Raquel Welch, who was cheated on by her husband. And here's someone who was considered to be one of the most beautiful women who ever it's walked the face of the way. earth. And she says, I didn't understand why I was cheated on because I, I was Raquel Welch. And I thought, you don't understand. The, the issue wasn't that there was something wrong with you. When a man cheats on you, it's because there's something wrong with him. And so you have to get past this mental block that says, what did I do wrong? And get back to trusting yourself and loving yourself at a point where you feel very much unloved. But here's the thing, okay? So it goes back to, it takes it takes two, you know? Both partners, the partner who, it, there's got to be that equation. But God is the center, the cord of three strands. He's the center. If you guys are... are under his covering and looking to God, and you both are looking to him, the person who needs to forgive and the person who needs the forgiveness. And, you know, you have to have the journey of by yourself, getting alone with God, both of you getting alone with God, getting close with him, and at the same time being drawn together like that triangle. Yeah. You know, you know what? You're saying something really important there. What real repentance is, if it's going to mean anything and if it's going to build back trust you have to demonstrate that you're now a different person and you do that by breaking old habits and beginning new ones. If look, if you if you are repentant of adultery but you're still looking at pornography or you still have images on your phone or right. your computer that you you shouldn't have or you're watching movies that you shouldn't or you're hanging out with people you shouldn't be or you're staying out late at night when you shouldn't be doing that or maybe you're just having you know what you think are innocent conversations with members of the opposite sex, you know, through text message or whatever, okay? And you're just leaving that door open for this to happen again. You have not really repented, okay? And you're not going to fix that marriage. And even if you do, it's going to fall right back apart. So real repentance, you know, it's like Jesus said, you know a tree by the fruit it bears. Real repentance will demonstrate that. You will see a change in the person because you will see you'll see different behaviors and different habits. You and you have to replace, like you said, different habits. You have to replace that look or whatever you were doing. It doesn't just go away by by itself, you have to not just say, I'm not going to do that. You got to replace and do something differently. Yeah. 
in that in its place in and its look, space. And maybe you have to take drastic measures if you if you have a job where you there's a woman there who is tempting you or whatever. Maybe you gotta leave that job and you gotta trust job trust God to find you a new job. Okay. Maybe you have a circle of friends that are that cause too much temptation. Maybe you gotta say I don't want anything to do with those friends anymore. Maybe you have to take drastic measures. But like Jesus said, you know, it's better for you to pluck your eyes out and be blind. Uh, and lose your vision than to lose your soul, or in this case, you know, lose your marriage. And you know what? This is a deeper discussion, but you both, like I said before, have to be looking to God because I know that there's probably going to be a question like, well, what about when the person uh, does this and then they come back and do it again and say I've fallen and whatever? And that's a whole deeper discussion. But I want to give the call to salvation real quick. If you have never received Jesus, or maybe it's been a long time and you want to receive his and invite him into your heart, just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I will follow you all the days of my life. If you pray that prayer, let us know. We want to know and be encouraged. That's right. Salvation can happen like that, unlike repairing a marriage, which is going to take time. That's good. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. As always, in the meantime, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.